And this edition of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by the good folks at BetOnline.ag. Welcome, folks, to another edition of the A-List Podcast. I'm your host, Ashra Blakely, with the co-host, with the most, Kwani A. Lunas. A for always turning it up at a wedding, Kwani A. Lunas. <laughs> And we hey, are joined. Kwani, we got a guest in the building. We do. It's been a while. Who that be? I don't know. Who is that? That Looks would like- be the one. <laughs> the only. Gary Washburn, columnist at the Boston Globe. How you doing, Gary? Great. Great. Great people. I am glad you are here, Gary. And the Celtics, they're also doing great. But, Gary, you're doing great for reasons other than the fact that you're on the A-List podcast. That's great enough as it is. But you're also doing great because our good friend Gary Washburn got married this weekend. There it is. And I was the MC of the event, so that made it an amazingly awesome event. And, and Gary getting married, I, I, that was kind of cool too. But, uh, well, first of all, Gary, welcome to the club. How you feel? How you feel? It's been a, it's been a few. You've got, you've got a few hours under your belt with this married life thing. How you feeling? Married two days, so yeah, I'm feeling pretty good so far. I haven't messed up yet. Okay, you have not been put in a doghouse yet, so that's two days away from not being in a doghouse. I'm impressed. I'm impressed. Well, enough about Gary. Let's talk about the Celtics (laughs) because I know Gary feels so uncomfortable right now, (laughs) but his expertise is also the Celtics. Let's start with the Bucks game and Jason Tatum. What did you guys think about his performance? Yeah. I mean, the the one thing I I liked about it was that it felt as though all those low-key shots that that Ime has been been throwing Jason's way were finally heard, responded to. I love the fact that Jason got his points, but damn it, it looked like he was trying to get others involved more than he normally does. When you think about the way that he was able to just, frankly, dissect that Milwaukee Bucks defense, whether it was scoring, whether it was passing, whether it was rebounding, whether it was making the hockey assist. It seemed that he, to quote the great Paul Pierce, gave the game what it needed. And they needed Jason Tatum to be what I like to call top five Tatum. He was a top five player in that game from the beginning to end. And if they're going to have any type of success beyond being a slightly better than average team, which for this team, last year, 500 record, this year they're trending in that same direction. They're going to need top five Tatum to show up on more than just games against the Bucs. They're going to need him to show up in a far more consistent basis going forward because it's not a question of whether he has the ability to do it. It's does he have the consistency in his game to make that happen? Jalen Brown returned with 19 points. Does this quiet the conversation of those two not being able to coexist? Hell no. (laughs) We're still going to talk about whether they can exist. It was one game. It was one. Uno. One game, and it was a great game. But I, I think that, again, just like we were talking about Tatum and consistency, the same thing has to be in, in place when you talk about Tatum and Brown working together. Again, I, I thought that they did a much better job of playing off one another. It seemed that, and, and Gary and I, we talked about this before the game, 
about you know whether we'd see them in any type of actions where they're both on the same side of the floor, whether it's pick and roll or pick and pop, anything like that. There was a to me, I thought there was a clear and conscious effort on Tatum's part to make sure that he got Jalen going early. And I don't know whether that was because Jalen had the long layoff and he wanted to just kind of get him to shake some of that rust off, or whether he was actually listening to some of the stuff that Ime has been saying and listening to some of the stuff that Marcus Smart has been popping off about, about how he needs to be more than just a guy who can get buckets. And I thought he did that throughout the course of that game. And that's what they're going to need from him. They're going to, that to me, again, that is top five Tatum right there. They need that dude. What do you think about the inconsistencies of us being unsure about Jalen Brown's health status? Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you know, much more inclined to let this roll out a little bit because the, the one thing I, I think a lot of fans, I, I think just, I don't have a full appreciation for is, is the fact that they're in very different roles than they've ever been in, in the NBA. And, and when you think about it, forget about basketball for a minute. If you think about being like, you know, a branch associate at an insurance company, and then you get moved to being the branch manager, you in a different role. You can't do things the way you did them before. It's going to take you some time to figure out how to be Brad Stevens. Here he is again, the best version of yourself in this new role. And I think it's taken both of those guys a little bit of time because unlike a lot of duos that are kind of tr- trending in, a, in an upward trajectory, usually there's some space between them. Usually like one guy is just taking off like enough, like, you know, like you saying Bolt. And another one is taking off kind of like Kwani Lunas when she running, you know, a little bit slower, just a little wow. bit slower. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But those, but, but Jason and Jalen are exploding at the same time. And so it's a little bit more trickier to figure out how this, re, this relay tandem is going to work. And I think Jalen not being available, you know, because of the hamstring energy, it slows that proc. Pro, that process of development and growth up a little bit. But I'm not worried about them too because for, first and foremost, they cool with each other. They, they're, they're, It's not like they – I mean, remember, they came into the league talking about having some damn nicknames for one another. Yeah. That stuff, that's not – that's not normal. Usually guys that young who come into the league in similar position, it's more kind of like what sec you claim right. approach as opposed to let's work together. Mm-hmm. And, and so, so that's, you know – that's why I'm not worried about them in that regard. To me, the bigger issue for the Celtics is how are you going to put the right pieces around them that have some level of sustainability and can complement them instead of being a conflict to them? So. And someone who has been complimenting the two of them, I think we all agree, is Grant Williams. He's been a little more consistent. What are you two, <laughs> what are you two in your thoughts on how Grant's developed his game? Go on, Gary. Talk about your boy. I think Grant, I mean, I'm completely happy for Grant because I know he works hard and the improvement that he's made from year to year he has been tremendous. Grant Williams is no longer ashy. He is a classy player in the game. He does the kind of things that you absolutely have to have from guys who are at that either middle tier or back end of your bench if you're going to be anything above a middle-of-the-road type of team. I give Grant all the props in the world because for a guy who started off as crappy as he did shooting a three ball, I think he missed his first 25 or something like that, to go from that to being a guy that's in the 50-40-90 conversation in just a couple of years, that is phenomenal. All the credit should go to Grant, who has made the transition from being an ashy player, not Kevin Durant ashy, 
I was but thinking about just his game was kind of ashy to being a very classy, impactful player. I'm happy as hell for Grant, and I hope he keeps balling out because he just might find his way onto my fantasy league roster, which is coming off a win over a certain young man who is on the on this <laughs> call right now, Garrett Washburn. And I am not a young man, so we know who that is. <laughs> Let's have that energy. <laughs> Gary's not happy with you right now. He might log off this podcast. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they, 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 they this team, you know, I, I love Grant, but if that's my tough guy, we got issues because Grant is a, is a physical player, but he ain't no tough guy. And, and, and that's no disrespect to Grant. That's just not who he is. They need the one guy who could actually fill that role. They spent so much time trying to get him away from being at that. He ain't about that life no more. That's Marcus Smart. He's a tough guy. But Marcus, Marcus in 2021 is not like Marcus two, three years ago. The Marcus two, three years ago built perfectly for this team right now. Uh, he, he, he takes absolutely nothing from no one. And if it costs him a tech, damn it, it's cost him a tech. This Marcus is a little bit more uh, judicious about when he's laying a wood on folks. And while I understand why that's important, it would be nice if they had someone who could fill that void because that is a void with this team. This team does not have enough, you know, dogs in the, in the, in the kennel uh, to really be that team. And when you look that's at the, the team, prophet. they just – what's that? I said, as Prophet Doc Rivers said, <laughs> you need at least one crazed guy on your team. We, and we don't want to hold up Gary Washburn any, more, any much longer, seeing yeah. as though he's kind of gone into Darth Vader mode Boy, right he's here. He's fading away from us. Like, damn. <laughs> But uh, but Gary, man, appreciate you coming on, and we'll definitely get you, have you on in the in the near future for sure. Um, Congrats but again. Before, before we go any are. further, yes, we need to take care of a little housekeeping business. Yes, uh, BetOnline.ag has you covered all seasons with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Football season starting to wind down a little bit, getting ready for the playoffs, playoffs, and you know what that is for players. That's when you make your money. <laughs> Bet online AG, that's when you can again make your money. Uh, it's got one spot for all sports action season. Head over to the new updated top or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus yeah. on your first deposit. And don't forget the promo code. What's the promo code, Connie? LNS50. <laughs> and you know this, and you know this from basketball, football, hockey, you name it, they got it. Anything and everything, it is there. Bet online where the game starts. Yeah, and when we talk about COVID and the NBA, man, we, we got to start with Chicago, right, Kwani? Yeah, it feels like we're getting back to where this all began. Chicago just had to postpone two games because they have 10 confirmed, not confirmed yeah. games, but 10 players in health and safety protocol, which is basically their entire roster. What's going Damn. on, Sarad? Dude, I, look, listen. I don't know if there's an easy way to put this, but when restrictions were eased, I think professional athletes took that easement a little too far. I mean, you know, it's one thing to be able to go out to your favorite restaurant and have a meal. It's another thing to invite 25 or 35 of your favorite people in life and bring them over and have drinks and and do all the pre-pandemic things that you did with no regard for health and safety protocols because Things look to be so much better now, but now we're finding out not so much. Uh, that's really disturbing because the, the concern that for the NBA and, and certainly for you know other sports, the NFL, they've got some of these same issues as well. Uh, NHL too. 
isn't so much the incidents in themselves. It's the fact that they can't isolate them. Like the, your your biggest right. fear is that Chicago will lead to their opponent who will lead to their opponent's opponent. Yep. And next thing you know, you've got a very similar situation to what we have had at the early stages of the, the pandemic. And that is not good for anyone. But my bigger concern really is here in Boston uh, because they've had multiple folks uh, in, you know, health and safety protocol because of COVID. Uh, you know, Jason Tatum, one of the more, you know, recognizable folks who've had it, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, you go down the line that a lot of their core guys have kind of gone through that. Uh, and it's, it's concerning because part of you feels that, well, because they've already gone through, a lot of them have already gone through it, then they should be okay. But we've got this new variant in the game now uh, that is, you know, over in the UK, it's a major issue right now. In the States, not so much, but every day it seems like there's another case of the new one, the Omicron, that's popping up in different states, different municipalities. And I do worry about that here in Boston, particularly with a team that, if we're being honest, they've had probably more than their share of folks who've had to go through the health and safety protocol. I mean, I'm, I'm just curious, what, what's where, where's your panic meter on this? I mean, are you like, you know, eh, this isn't great, but we'll work it out. Or are you just like, yo, we got to shut everything down. Get get. Where, where are you in all of this? I'm not necessarily of the shut it down mentality, but I will say after seeing what Chicago is going through, and to your point, if even if they're asymptomatic and they're playing against other opponents that end up starting to spread it, that's already a bad sign itself. And thankfully they were able, I think, to nip it in the bud. But I think overall there needs to be a better, I think, approach moving forward starting today where they're figuring out their testing protocols, figuring out a way to make sure that this is not spreading that the, the way that Chicago has gotten it. And yeah, I know in Boston locally, the city has, have put down mandates of how people should be, you know, in buildings being masked up and even the TD Garden now requires people to be vaccinated. But we do know that there are a lot of breakthrough cases that have occurred. So there needs to be a way where they're figuring out how to keep this under control before it decides to spread to to the rest of the league. Because when it first happened, the very first time in 2020, everyone thought, well, you know, we should be fine. But that's not the case. After the Jazz got it. It was yeah. The Jazz Utah got it. Then it just continued to spread throughout the league, and it couldn't yeah. be contained by then. So, I think something needs to be done. I'm not saying shut down the league, but maybe that means restricting the amount of fans that are at the games, or honestly, maybe restricting where players are. I know this sounds terrible because your employer shouldn't be able to tell you you know where to go after work, essentially. But maybe they do have to put some kind of limitations on the account of the kind of extracurriculars that these players could be involved in if they really do want to contain it and save themselves some money. I know. I know happen. it won't. It's an, yeah, an no, idea. It will not happen. The players' union will push back vigorously absolutely. on something like that. Players will, will be even more indignant oh, about absolutely. that than they, than they are right now. Yes, indignant. Um, that's the word of the day, folks. And, and it's I understand where the players are coming from with that because, again – When you live in a country like the United States, which has so many freedoms and liberties, this feels for a lot of athletes as though you're taking that away from them. But the bigger picture for me isn't so much what it means to them. It's what does this mean to the society as a whole? And we have an issue with embracing that selflessness when it comes to this damn vaccine. It's, 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 It's 
I, I, I don't get it. I mean, we, we don't have a problem with taking mumps for development and, and all those other shots for our kids to take their asses to school. We're cool with that. But for some reason right now, we're not so cool with this. And I know some people have talked about, well, you know, this thing came about so quickly, the way that we're, you know, getting these drugs in our systems and all that. Well, the reason why they were able to make the advances was because there was a concerted effort to test to analyze, to seek out. I mean, you had scientists across the globe with one mission, and that is to find some way of treating, you know, the coronavirus. We haven't had that type of unified uh, efforts in the world of science for anything before that. So when you have so many really smart people coming together with one goal in mind, you're probably going to find something that's workable sooner rather than later. And and that's kind of how I I look at the different... uh, you know, options that people have as far as being treated for coronavirus and things like that. But the, the bottom line is for the NBA, uh, they have a time, a ticking time bomb here that they need to figure out how to defuse because if they don't, it will blow up in their faces. They know this. They know this. And, and so do the players, I, I think. They understand that this, they've already been through this before. Uh, and so they kind of know what it's like to be in that lockdown mode, which I, I would hope that would make them a bit more open and understanding to trying to do everything they can to avoid having to go to another bubble, to avoid having to have the kind of across the board limitations and sanctions that they would have if this thing continues to spread and continues to be an issue that forces games to be missed. Um, But one game that will not be missed (laughs) is the one coming up on Friday. Yes, that should be a good one. I am so pumped for this. I'm glad that Steph Curry is going to break that three-point record in New York uh, before he gets to Boston. Because I would hate. Or will he? Or will he? He needs like he needs like one or two. He needs one. He might get. He might get those before tip-off. As as good as he shoots, he just might get those officially on the books before they start playing the game. Steph Curry is leaving for Boston. Who knows? I said maybe he wants to save it for Boston. See, Steph's always been cool with Boston, though. I mean, he, he doesn't really get the, the typical superstar boos that you yeah. normally hear. Uh, Steph, he's he's a hard-to-dislike guy. To me, he's like he's like an upgrade, super-duper-duper-duper duper upgraded version of Kimba Walker from the standpoint of being liked by everyone, loved yeah. by everyone. Um, but Steph, he ain't alone. The Warriors are nice. They, I mean, they've had one of the top two, three records in the NBA pretty much all season up to this point. And, you know, right now, I mean, if, if I'm looking around the league and, and, and if I'm voting for league MVP, I think it has to be Steph Curry. Without a doubt. The way that he's bounced back and just looked as if he never hiccuped in the game, it's just – and for the Warriors to just be back is something I don't think a lot of people expected. No. No, no, I don't think people expected them to be this good uh, in terms of wins and losses. People figure, yeah, they'll be maybe a pretty good team. They'll get to the playoffs. They'll make maybe scare a few people. But they're they're fighting with Phoenix right now. Like, yeah, that's, that's what again, that it is. It is, and and they're doing it without Clay Thompson. Which again, right. when you add a two way talent like him to the mix, all of a sudden you go from being like the top team in the West, the top team in the NBA, to the top team that can win it all. It's and not so, even fair. It's no contest. No, no. and and then and then they mess around and, and have like uh, an off year because of all the injuries, and they wind up getting the best damn player in the draft in Wiseman. Right. I mean, come on. 
Is it? That's not playing that's, fair. <laughs> it's just not fair. We should be crying about this, but we're not. We play the game. We play the game. We play to win. <laughs> As my man Hearn would say, we play to win. And the Celtics, they're going to certainly have their hands full with Golden State on Friday, obviously. Uh, and they are a real team. But one of the things that, you know, before we get to that game on Friday, certainly people are going to be paying a lot of attention to December 15th. Uh, that is the earliest that players signed over the summer can be traded. And you're going to hear a lot of names bantered about, uh, certainly around in Celticsville. You'll be hearing about Dennis Schroeder as a possible. Uh, he's a guy that has garnered a, a good amount of interest, and understandably so. He's and you know he's got a one-year deal where he's absolutely out kicking the coverage on, on this deal. I mean, he's one of the best bargains in the NBA this year, and he's a guy that again teams know that when he hits the free agent market next summer, they have a pretty good idea what he's looking at money-wise. So if you were going to make a, a trade for him, you absolutely will be doing so with the mindset of signing him to a longer term deal this summer. Uh, and I, I, but if you're the Celtics, I think it's a, it's a, I think it's a tough call, a tough call on whether you want to want to part ways with him or not. What, what, what are yeah. your thoughts? on I don't think he's someone you want to part ways with at this point in the season, but knowing, well, actually I don't really know who trader Stevens as we will call him is exactly, but I imagine he's definitely keeping his eye on the market, trying to figure out if there are some holes. There are definitely holes that he can plug in on this roster. But as of now, I don't – Shooter's not the one I'd want to give up if I ran the team. Is he someone that you'd consider? I would consider absolutely. I, I think well, everyone – every, everyone is, is – but, but I think the guy if, – if there's a guy that you could part ways with and it would do little, if any, damage to what you're looking to do, who I think has value is Jason Richardson. Um, or Josh, Josh Richardson, yeah. excuse me, yeah. Josh, not Jay. Jason used to play for the Warriors back in the day for Michigan. Shout out my man, Jay Rich, the other Jay Rich. No, but Josh Richardson is a guy that you absolutely, I think, need to look at. One, because he's just been kind of in and out of the lineup for you with uh, assortment of different health-related issues. Two, he's a guy that when he's played, he's actually done pretty good. His mid-range yeah. jump shot is way better than I thought. Uh, and he's not, and again, he when he has played, for the most part, he's been good. But that availability uh, has been an, an issue for me, and, and particularly when it, he's a guy that if you were to take him out of the mix, you still have guys that you can kind of plug in and fill that void. So he's one that I certainly, if you're the Celtics and you're looking to maybe get some future assets, whether it's a first-round pick, second-round pick, a young prospect that you may not play but you think has lots of upsides, he might be you know, the, the kind of the carrot that you could dangle out there. But I don't think the Celtics are going to do any major significant moves uh, between, you know, December 15th and the trade deadline. I, I just think that they understand this is who they are. This is who they got. This is a young team that's still trying to figure out how to play, not only play together, but just play at a high level in the NBA. And I'm not sure if the Celtics are inclined to kind of break that up right now when they really haven't had a lot of time or even a decent amount of time to figure out what exactly are they parting ways with. You know, right. Grant Williams is a name that people are like, well, you know, trade Grant now because his stock's not going to get any higher than that. Yeah. The problem with that is you're not going to get anything even remotely close to Grant in return. And if you use him as a sweetener to a bigger deal, I still think that it's going to be a bit problematic because 
whatever you're getting in return, I, I'm not convinced is going to be able to blend in with this team. Like, I think you can add better talent, but can you add a better fit to the talent that you have? And, and, and I, I think that barely figured out how to fit together. So yeah. I, I get the point. Yeah. So that like, cause you, yeah, your core guys are still trying to figure out how to, how they fit together. Mm -hmm. And so now I'm going to add this other dude from some other team. Right. And say, hey, you're going to be Come back here, up. Man. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll figure this out. We'll figure it out. I, don't, don't worry. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Uh, Tatum and Brown are still trying to figure it out. And I don't think for them, it's, it's about a lack of effort. I just think it's been more about a lack of time uh, and, and lack of time in the roles that they have now going forward. They are the pillars of your team. They are the veteran. They, they have to be, even though they're young, they have to have an OG mindset about themselves because they're the ones that people are going to be leaning on. And it, it takes time to figure out how to play nice with, with folks like that. So We'll see what they do. We'll see. We'll see. And, well, Kwani, speaking of uh, what we'll see, um, what you got coming up? Wednesday night at 7.30 on NBC10. We're airing the holiday special for the Hub today. I was there in the snowport, in the seaport. Snowport <laughs> in the seaport. Snowing slip there. No, no, no. The snowport is in the seaport. Okay. It's actually a place. And okay. I was showcasing some local small businesses that you can check out if you're looking to do some holiday shopping in the seaport area of Boston. So check out the holiday special. It was really fun. It was really cold, but it was a really fun. Now, when is that airing, Kwani? It's airing Wednesday night at 7.30 on NBC10. So okay. that's our holiday show. And that's all for... Oh, actually, sorry. I have more. Also, <laughs> I'm just so busy. On Her Mark is... <laughs> did she just do that? She did that. I did, I did. On Her Mark is a... Well, it's generally a series of just empowering women in sports and highlighting women that have accomplished a lot of things in sports. It was founded by my coworker, Hannah Donnelly. Shout out to her. So she had me come in with her and co-anchor the series finale, the season finale, essentially. And we recap this entire year in sports. That's airing on NBC10 on Sunday. And I believe it's airing on NBC Sports Boston at a later date as well. So it'll be on multiple channels if you want to check that out. We really just go through every sport possible and all the women that stood out and did their thing this year. So that was a really fun thing to shoot as well. We shot that at Northeastern. Okay, okay. Yeah. So Kwani has a million and one things going on, so obviously. Look at you. So busy. So busy. I'm just trying to be like you, you know? No, you you, you need to raise the bar a little bit, girl. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> we got a few things going on. Uh, I was putting together some Bleacher Report content. Got some a uh, couple of pieces that are coming down the road uh, later this month. Uh, we'll be writing about a young man by the name of Terrence Mann. Uh, that'll be coming down the pipeline in, in a couple weeks. Uh, and I'm writing columns for for Ebony. I've got a column coming out later this week, looking ahead a little bit to the uh, college bowl uh, system and, and just kind of shining a, a spotlight on a growing trend that you're starting to see in the field of journalism, and that is black women doing play-by-play. -play. Um, so I'm going to write a little bit about that. And again, just trying to get through this semester. Thank God it's over. Uh, my students, thank God. It's over. Uh, <laughs> they are they are ready to to get their their apple pie, pumpkin pie, sweet potato pie on all the pies, all the pies on. Uh, so we're we're just finishing up, obviously, with final projects, final exams, all that fun stuff. And that's kind of what we got going on for the next couple of weeks. So um, another good podcast in the book. This was the 
the Rodney Rogers Greg Steamsma edition, wow. number 54. Uh, Steamsma is one of my favorite one hit wonders of the Celtics family. He literally had one good season, uh, 2012. He was a guy that was basically a training camp invite. He had little to no shot of making the team. And the next thing you know, he has a stretch in the preseason or early regular season where he's just looking like, you know, like like Will Chamberlain meets Bill Russell. In fact, our good friend, late Tommy Heinsohn, love you, brother. Tommy made reference to him saying he had some Bill Russell-like qualities, which you know everyone went absolutely bonkers of with that. Course, like, okay, I was specifically guy? talking about his shot-blocking ability, but for, for some sure. reason it got a, it got a much larger yeah. runway to go with than that. Uh, you can't say that name without being mean something. No, 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 no. Uh, so your yeah, with number 54, and Rodney Rogers, uh, also number 54, a uh, really good um, kind of hybrid power forward, small forward type, uh, really good guy. Uh, had some health issues, um, but certainly, you know, one of my favorite players, uh, not only for the Celtics, but just really in, just in, in basketball in general. So um, glad to have episode 54 in the books. Check. And... Kwani, let's say thank you to our good friends at BL <laughs> betonline.ag. <laughs> I was going to give them the code. I was just ready to give y'all the code again. <laughs> if you don't know the code by now, then give them the code now, Kwani. It's CLNS50. <laughs> make sure you show them some love on bet at betonline.ag. But again, make sure you use our promo code. Sign up with that. It's the holidays. Why not make some extra cash so you can get those gifts? I'm, I'm, I'm about the gift of giving. The yes. gift of giving me more cash. That's what I'm trying to do. That's right. what I'm trying to do this week. So, Well, for Kwani A. Lunas, I'm Aisha Blakely. Another A-List podcast in the books. We will see you again next week. Happy holidays, people.